Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you're a 415-er, 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 957 The Game. That's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Gidding. We're coming at you twice a week here as we approach NFL training camp and the veterans reporting for the San Francisco 49ers. If you want more content, download the Odyssey app. Check us out on the 957 The Game YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there. We're going to be getting into some comments that Kyle Shanahan had for NFL Network. I want to get into some of this uh, running back conversation, Mark, that's been taking much of the NFL media by storm and its listeners, of course, as well as also something that a teammate of Trey Lance had to say about him that I thought was particularly interesting. Before we dig into all of it, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited for this episode. I think we got a lot of good stuff. And then our next episode will release the day that veterans report to training camp. So we're really getting down to it now. We're we're getting close to obviously training camp and then preseason is right around the corner. And then it's the regular season. Then it's time to grind. I am I am really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. Can't wait. Um, but overall, I'm doing well. Can't complain. It's been uh, nice. Lots of sun in the city lately. I know yesterday, actually, uh, Tuesday was kind of cold, uh, but it's been nice. I've been enjoying it. Looking forward to for uh, summer to continue, but getting getting set for the fall with football. Uh, but I'm doing well, Evan. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing I've been doing better. And I think football might be a cure to my kind of a need it just a want for content right now because <laughs> you see everyone start to begin to file into training camp. 49ers have different dates than other teams, but as you see the rest of the league try and kind of flock to their respective locations, you're starting to see players talk. You're starting to hear all that kind of, I think, angst that carries a lot of the offseason for NFL fans, and now it's beginning to spill over. And one of the parts, Mark, that we also get is a coach as, as of course, that's a Freudian slip, coach speak. <laughs> uh, we finally get to hear from the head coaches of all these teams. Yeah. And Kyle Shanahan gave us a little bit of a taste as we're recording this on uh, Wednesday. He spoke, or at least it was revealed earlier today, um, via NFL Network. Chief National Reporter Steve Weish sat down with Kyle Shanahan, and I'll let him take it away because uh, I thought he had something interesting to say, and Kyle Shanahan's answer was even more interesting. This is going to be a must-see training camp because it seems like every day you got three guys with something to prove behind center. I mean, we got we got three guys who can play, and go. there's only one spot, and we have a good team. Um, so I see it as a cool situation. And as there's all, last year we had some unknown. We believed in Trey, but he hadn't gone out and done it yet. So, right. but we believed in him. We we got to see him for a year and a half and what he could do, and he lost that opportunity, which happens in football. And we had another guy come in, very similar to Trey, but less reps and stuff. And Brock got that opportunity. So now we're in this situation, and it's just, I get how everyone wants something set in stone, but 
It's not set in stone. And but I love the options and I love the experience that Brock got. I love that Trey has gotten some too, and I love the ability that we have in the room. And besides those three, I love our team around them. So let's let it play out. And all I got to do is survive the press conference. <laughs> nice little Shanahan one-liner. That is Pete Kyle, by the way. But oh, a, a lot to kind of dig into. We've got three guys you can play. There's only one spot. We got a good team. I see it as a cool situation. The first place my mind went to, Mark, was the Bill Parcells quote about how you have one every party. You have two quarterbacks. You actually have none. Well, in fact, it sounds like if you have three quarterbacks, I guess you might have one. I mean, that's maybe how Kyle Shanahan would finish the sentence. Uh, but instead, he goes with a pretty cool situation. Yeah. What did you make of it? Well, that's what I thought of, too. I don't know if you can read my notes, but there on the bottom, I have that quote written. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And then my question to you was going to be, well, what the hell does it mean if you have three of these guys? Um, For Kyle Shanahan, as as you said, uh, he likes it. Cool situation, dude. Like, just just great. Um, I don't know. What, what also stood out to me when listening to Kyle Shanahan talk is the way that he obviously he let it off by saying we have three guys who can play. But then he dove into it and rewound to last year. And he said, you know, there was some unknown last year. You just we liked Trey. We believed in Trey, but we just simply didn't really know because he hadn't gone out and done it yet. OK, so that was their mindset last year, right? Totally reasonable. Very, very uh, obvious, I think. It's it's the only right answer. You can be confident. You can believe in him. But you don't really know what to expect because he hasn't really done it yet. And now he, he comes out and says, we have three guys who can play. My question for Kyle Shanahan is, how have you changed your mind from last year uh, being confident, believing in him, but not knowing who Trey Lance is? seeing him play a game and a quarter. Um, and now you can describe him as saying he can play like that doesn't really track to me. Um, it should be the same exact situation for Trey Lance. You still don't really know. At least that would seem to make sense logically to me. Uh, so aside from the famous two quarterbacks, you have none, you know, what does three mean? What stands out to me is Kyle Shanahan, I think is misrepresenting um, his confidence in Trey Lance here because he said it straight off the bat last year, they believed in him, but weren't really sure. How could you possibly be more confident in Trey Lance now than you were a year ago? Yeah, that's true. There does be seem to be some conflict with the sentiment we've heard about the 49ers and then Kyle Shannon actually speaking about Trey Lance. What, what I kind of heard from, the first part of it and really the overarching theme of the quarterback room and Kyle Shanahan's coolness about it. <laughs> I don't necessarily take it as arrogance because look, you, you can't really do much else, right? It's not like you can go out and draft uh, the next Tom Brady immediately. Or if you did, um, it's going to take a while to find out you can't go out and sign a free agent quarterback. They put their money into Javon Hargrave I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think they ever really had a big chance to go out and get someone like Lamar Jackson. Um, Aaron Rodgers was not going to happen. You know, Kirk Cousins' name keeps thrown around. I don't even know if that moves the needle, whatever you make of it. <laughs> Tom Brady, of course, uh, is retired. Uh, yes. And but we'll stay that way. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but when I hear the, the cool situation, I, I hear Kyle Shanahan talking about himself. He's talking about how this is a cool situation for me. This is a great 
challenge for me because I have three quarterbacks that can play. I don't know if any of them are actually going to be great this season or in the future. That is to be determined. But this season, I have three guys that I think I can maximize, and that from Kyle Shanahan's viewpoint is pretty cool because if you're a guy that lives at the whiteboard, that lives with you know the, the chalk or the sharpie and just is trying to draw up plays out of the wazoo, especially with the way that the league has kind of adjusted to a Shanahan-type offense for many of the teams, well, now it's a great challenge to see what you have in your bag this year, to see how you can get the best out of a quarterback that not many people outside of your building are going to believe in unless it's Brock Purdy. And even then, around the rest of the country, I'm sure there's a lot of skeptical you know, media members and fans and onlookers that are saying, what is going on in Santa Clara? Well, Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, is telling you through this quote that he's saying, I think this is going to be cool because I'm about to go to work. Do you think it means he's going to use multiple quarterbacks, even if there isn't an injury? Is that what you're saying? Well, he might have to. But what if there isn't an injury? I don't know. It almost seems like I'm not sure if this is what you're implying, but the way I interpret it almost is we are Kyle Shanahan is eager to change a look up to give teams different looks. Maybe it's difficult for them to prepare if you are possibly expecting to see Brock Purdy or Trey Lance and, you know, maybe a wild card saying like, I, I don't know exactly. That kind of feels like something Kyle Shanahan might take some pride in just throwing a curveball randomly here and there to an opposing defense, letting them worry about preparing for multiple quarterbacks. I don't necessarily think that's the best idea, um, but I, I kind of feel what you're saying. That could be something that kind of piques Kyle Shanahan's interest a little bit. Well, it's not so much that he's trying to keep people on their toes or opposing defenses on their toes because he can do that no matter what. But it's it's a confidence exuding from him that I feel like the, the, the message is it does not matter who is going to be under center because with those three guys I currently have, Brock Purdy, in my opinion, one, although he didn't technically tip his hand, Trey Lance, and then Sam, Sam Darnold, two or three, in this kind of perceived open competition that isn't really open, is giving first dibs to Brock by everyone who has heard or seen everything from 49ers camp. Um, it doesn't matter who's going to be under center. Kyle Shanahan is going to get the best out of the quarterback and he's going to win. That's kind of what I heard when he's talking about the cool situation, because honestly, I don't think Kyle Shanahan really sees anything as far as franchise material yet from any of these guys. Well, that's interesting. That was going to be my next question for you. And, and you briefly brought it up. He didn't really tip his hand about QB one. Um, are you at all surprised that he didn't do that? I mean, the question, it really was less of a question from Steve Weish of NFL Network and more a statement and Shanahan responding to that statement. Um, if the question was, is Brock your starter week one, assuming he's healthy, that's different. But are you surprised that Shanahan somewhat laid this out as a level playing field, at least right now? Again, he wasn't given the easy opportunity to just say yes or no, like Brock's our guy, assuming he's healthy. Um, but this seems to be almost the most, I don't know, complimentary anyone within the 49ers have been about Trey Lance's prospects potentially of playing that we've seen in a long time. Like everything else has been, well, Brock has 
has earned the right to be this team's starter as long as he's healthy. Um, but this was more like, hey, we got three guys. They're all good. They can all lead us to wins. I know there's been some of that, but really for the most part, it's been Brock's the guy, but we have talent behind him. But here, it, you didn't hear anything about Brock's the guy. Not saying I I don't, it doesn't change my opinion at all about week one or who's QB one, but I was a little surprised to, to not hear Kyle Shanahan give his guy Brock Purdy a little vote of confidence. The only reason I wasn't is because of that final quip at the very end of the clip in which he says, no, I just got to get through the media. Well, part of getting through the media <laughs> is giving them the least amount of information as possible. And that is what Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, does better than many around the NFL. And if you're going to give them the least amount of information, well, the place you start is, well, we got three guys. One of them currently is hurt, although that wasn't mentioned. That's more implied in my mind. Yeah. And so right now we got three quarterbacks, one spot. Let's see what happens. Yeah, no, I feel that the other line uh, that he said, which I think we were kind of just discussing there a little bit, I love the options. That's the quote from Kyle Shanahan. Again, I, I'm not so sure that I'm a, I'm a fan of, I don't know, throwing in a, a different guy for a drive, for a play. Like, you remember Trey Lance's rookie season. Uh, who threw the first touchdown pass that year? It was, it was not Trey Jimmy Lance. Garoppolo. It was Trey Lance in Detroit. Uh, on I, I don't remember if it was the first drive of the season. It was definitely in the first quarter. The the 49ers put up like 40 points in that game, if memory serves. Um, yeah, he but was it, also using a lot of jumbo goal line packages as yeah, essentially your third runner. Yeah, early in the season, it was the, the game against the Packers in Santa Clara. I think it was Sunday night football, and the offense was just stuck in the mud the entire first half. They end up getting what, like a, a third and goal to go from like the two or the three with like a couple seconds left in the half. You either go for it on the final play of the half or risk not getting any points or take the, the field goal and go into halftime with three points. Kyle Shanahan decided to go for it, brought in the rookie Trey Lance, and Trey Lance ran in for a touchdown. Um, so maybe Kyle Shanahan is is thinking this is almost a rewind back to to that sort of moment. Trey Lance's rookie season, Jimmy Garoppolo was entrenched as the starter. Perhaps he feels Brock Purdy entrenched as the starter, but he's got a little bit of a, a change of pace guy that he could use at quarterback for a play here, a play there, maybe an extended period of plays, a, a whole drive here or there. I don't know. Um, but Kyle Shanahan saying, quote, I like the options. I don't know. It, it kind of sticks with me a little bit, feeling like, he might be working on, I'll, I'll bring the phrase back, the Trey Lance package. Like, it, I don't know, it almost feels like that's something that Kyle Shanahan has in his mind uh, to where if he's healthy, Brock Purdy is healthy, maybe he ends up using Trey Lance as a bit of a change of pace. I don't know. No, I think that's a good pull and something to keep note of because if there's one way to keep your, you know, formerly injured quarterback Brock Purdy in this case out of harm's way well in those short yarded situations bring in a bigger physical more tougher quarterback that can get the job done maybe yeah. it's Trey Lance maybe it's Sam Darnold I don't know I, I really have no clue the one thing we can mark mark off in this situation mm. is he said three quarterbacks the Brandon Allen stuff is See officially dead See that we can kill for sure <laughs> 
This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Randy. I'm Evan Giddings. Please download the Odyssey app, rate us, subscribe to us there. Also check us out on the 95.7 The Game YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there as well. We're coming at you twice a week here as we move towards September 10th, week one of the NFL season, which will ramp things back up to three episodes per week. Okay, Mark, there was another um, comment that came out of 49ers, not camp, uh, but Kyle Juszczyk was on with, uh, Guy Haberman and John Middlecoff, they they run a very, I think, very entertaining podcast. And Kyle Juszczyk is evidently a fan of it and has been listening, he said, for the last few years. And went on with them this week and was talking about things that you know the guys get right and the things that they're kind of off on. And I think one of the hosts was called out by Juszczyk and essentially, you know, in a joking and fun-loving manner, yeah. but basically saying, like, the way that you guys perceive our... Uh, kind of relationship with Trey Lance is absolutely off base. Like the fact that we went to a basketball game, Juszczyk, Kittle, Purdy, and McCaffrey all went to a Warriors game. And the fact that Trey Lance wasn't there doesn't mean we hate Trey Lance. In fact, Trey Lance is beloved as a person in the 49ers locker room. That was the message from the highest paid fullback in football, Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, But the question we have, Mark, is of course, well, he's beloved as a person, but is he loved as a player? Oh, yeah, that's the obvious one. Kyle Juszczyk is obviously very complimentary about the person that Trey Lance is. I think there was also a case where Kittle and McCaffrey were at a Warriors game with Sam Darnold as well. So I think both quarterbacks were seen out with groups. They've um, also been out with Jimmy Garoppolo a couple of times. They have been. Uh, so really every who's who for Niners quarterback except for Trey Lance. Um, but you check, you know, doesn't mean we don't like the guy. I mean, he said, quote, everybody loves Trey. The dude really does work his ass off. He's super personable. He is a very well-liked guy. Uh, so for whatever reason that he wasn't at the basketball game, it's not because we don't like him. Okay, great. If you if you somehow dislike Trey Lance, you need to get checked because Trey Lance seems to be the most likable, the most straightforward, straight shooter and, you know, who knows? Maybe it's just what he's putting out there. I don't know the guy personally, but it just seems that way. Uh, so Kyle Juszczyk, you saying he's beloved makes a lot of sense to me. However, just because he's a good person does not mean he's a good player. You can like the guy and you could think he's a terrible football player. And every time he checks into the game, you could be thinking, oh, God, here we go again. Like, strap in. This is going to be rough. Uh, so I really don't put put much stock into this comment um, because simply you could be a great person. You could be well-liked, but you could be one of the worst football players in the league. Not saying that I think Trey Lance is, but those two really don't have much of a correlation to me. Yeah, I'm generally with you, but I I, I just think that Kyle Juszczyk and the rest of the 49ers locker room, when it talk talking about how loved Trey Lance is as a player, it's, a question mark like many things about Trey Lance we just don't simply know I mean I think that if they didn't believe in his quarterbacking skills there would be more breadcrumbs to follow I mean Mike Silver's report about the locker room you know being happy about Jimmy Garoppolo being back in the fold after Trey Lance went down or at least feeling like you know like we're back in a sense I think that's probably the biggest example of it although those names were anonymous um, but a lot changes over the course of a season. And so I think Trey Lance is beloved as a player and a person. 
the fact is he just hasn't been able to get on the field or stay on the field to the point where people can point to, you know, concrete examples and say, that's why we love this guy. Uh, and I didn't hear Kyle Juszczyk really pump up Brock Purdy all that much. Mark, do you know who the first touchdown pass of Brock Purdy's professional career went to? Mm, are you saying this because it was Kyle Juszczyk? It was Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> <laughs> I think his only receiving touchdown, by the way. But it's not like he's saying, oh, well, you know, he's able to get me the ball and, um, you know, Brock Purdy's my guy because, you know, of that play. Like, I don't know how much that happens either. So I, I don't read a whole lot into it, but I, I think it is interesting that, you know, there's a guy, this has been one of the few guys along with Kittle in, in OTAs that have kind of taken up the cape for Troy Lance entering this season. I think it would be a little different if, say, for example, last season played out the way it did for Trey Lance. He started, it was a struggle, he got hurt, and he was out for the rest of the year. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo fills in whatever. Either he doesn't get hurt, he plays the whole season, or he does get hurt like it does happen. But let's say Brock Purdy struggled. He, he didn't have this transcendent start to his career and he's not looked at now as the the starter let's say that it was once again presumed to be Trey Lance's job because Jimmy Garoppolo for whatever reason still moved on the Niners didn't want to bring him back you either still didn't know what you had in Purdy and you you still have no expectation because he didn't ever really get a chance or, or do it uh, or he you got your answer and the answer was bad however it played out Trey Lance's job, but you still have all these questions about Trey Lance. Then I think this comment would matter a little bit more to me. I think Kyle Juszczyk can come out and say, we love this guy. He's fantastic. He's a great person. He's a hard worker. Everyone in this locker room loves him. He can say that without much fear, because if things go well, Trey Lance is not going to play much football. If he was the team starter and you still weren't that confident about him, Kyle, you said coming out and saying this about Trey Lance when you know damn well he's going to be put to the test week one against a good defense on the road in Pittsburgh. That matters a little bit more to me. Um, so the fact that this was said about a quarterback who in all likelihood, Evan, I don't like this, but in all likelihood probably isn't going to see much of the field this year unless there's a major injury or two. The fact that it's said about a second string, third string quarterback doesn't mean too much to me. No, I mean, it's just, I think, trying to pick out an example from their conversation of like, hey, you got, he's, he's being complimentary in the process, of course, talking about what things that these two gentlemen, but in general, the media get right. Uh, but of course, there are a few things where they are just completely off base, completely miss. I'm sure we're in the exact same boat and probably to a lesser degree of being correct. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just the way that Kyle Juszczyk and, his Harvard Ivy League mind <laughs> tends to work when he's talking about Trey Lance. So I, I, I like to hear that, you know, th there's no seemingly any sign of, of bad blood between the people. And uh, I think it also aligns with the 49ers culture that we kind of overlook in a lot of cases, because as much as, you know, Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of the flack and a lot of the credit, uh, the players seem to, enjoy playing for him they seem to enjoy playing in santa clara and someone like christian mccaffrey can just seamlessly fit into the into the fold and so can a guy like trey lance who everyone on the outside 
right now is is not so much in in favor of. So uh, I expect that also to continue at training camp. Well, yeah, and I think the other thing here about what Yuschek said is obviously about him as a as a person. Does Yuschek know if he likes him as a player? I mean, it's it's similar to what we talked about with what Kyle Shanahan said. I yeah, was a probably little not. Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised that Shanahan said, you know, quote, we have three guys who can play. Well, I guess I wasn't really surprised that he said that. I would be surprised if he actually believes that because how can you be confident that Trey Lance can play? You just simply haven't seen it yet. If you're confident one way, it's probably more confident that he can play as opposed to being confident that he can play. Um, so what is Juszczyk going to say about him as a player? I mean, if he's being honest, we just don't know yet. So I don't, I don't think this carries that much weight, but you are right about the, the locker room and, and the, the chemistry and the culture. I think that the 49ers have cultivated, they talk about it a lot and they're sometimes made fun of for it. Like when they take a, a potential draft pick out to dinner before the draft, they're always really uh, careful about making sure that they're selecting players with the right character. Um, it does seem like Trey Lance obviously fits that mold. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk fits that mold 100%. So many of the guys on that team fit that mold. So they deserve credit in that regard. Kyle Juszczyk definitely is one of the veterans of that group that helps hold the locker room together. He's not going to go out and disparage the, the character of a young player in Trey Lance. Um, but in terms of anyone's ability on the field, I think there's absolutely nothing to read into it. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting that Kyle Juszczyk, I think, is one of the faces of that 49ers culture, and he wasn't even drafted by the 49ers. I yeah. mean, he came from Baltimore. So uh just shows how inclusive they are as a group. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Randy. I'm Evan Giddings coming at you twice a week here in the offseason. Training camp begins on Tuesday. We'll have your preview episode for you waiting in the – I don't know what they call podcast inboxes, your feed, <laughs> your library, uh, whatever they call it. It'll be all waiting of the for above. you. Yeah. All of the above. It'll be waiting for you. And we're looking forward to that. But uh, next, Mark, I do want to talk about what, like, I mean, essentially the story that's sweeping the NFL right now, which is how running backs are devalued, how a lot of people feel like there could be collusion. Um, the kind of case studies right now are Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook to, to some extent, uh, and then even Tony Pollard, who recently signed his franchise tag with with Dallas, but particularly Josh Jacobs, as well as um, Saquon Barkley, have not picked up their franchise tags or considering sitting out this season and have discussed it very publicly. And the question that we kind of came up with off of that is, could Christian McCaffrey buck that trend? Because he is in the same category as far as age as far as production um just general you know running back rooms that are, are reliant on singular forces christian mccaffrey is absolutely one of those if not the prime example of that and so i mean if we're talking about mccaffrey's got two years left on his deal after this one becomes a free agent in 2026 at age 30 um it's kind of interesting to think about where christian mccaffrey's career could go especially in San Francisco when we know what he did even just in half a season last year. Yeah, um, I think the the 49ers, the conversation around the 49ers running backs is really, really fascinating um, because the 49ers, I think, were kind of ahead of this trend 
in the NFL, Evan, you you just laid out Saquon Barkley, uh, Tony Pollard as as well, um, and then Dalvin Cook and like Ezekiel Elliott are without teams still currently, and we're getting towards the start of training camp. Um, it's wild considering these are guys who have dominated the league for years now. I know Ezekiel Elliott is is kind of nowhere near the peak of his powers, and he's kind of the odd man out of that group, but just considering the name brand there, it's still still kind of wild. Um, but the 49ers, I mean, before think think before Christian McCaffrey, who has been this team's running backs. Uh, it was Raheem Mostert, who they picked up off the street for nothing. Um, they had Jeff Wilson Jr. They had Matt Breida as well before that, who who they picked up for nothing. Um, Elijah Mitchell, who was a, a late round draft pick and was phenomenal for them, has been phenomenal for them when he's been healthy. The 49ers refused to pay running backs anything. Remember when Raheem Mostert had that that contract dispute with the 49ers? Like, you want to keep me around? You better give me X amount of money. And the 49ers just stayed tough, didn't. They eventually signed him to what, like a $2 million for one-year extension or whatever it was. It was not much, but they brought him back. Um, the 49ers, I think, have been ahead of the rest of the league in this. And then they had the opportunity to jump at Christian McCaffrey, and they took advantage. I think it's interesting now because the rest of the NFL is kind of following suit to what the 49ers did, started to do a few years ago. But now the 49ers are one of the only exceptions because they have the exception at running back in Christian McCaffrey, who essentially plays two positions. I mean, they're not really paying just a running back. They're paying a running back and a wide receiver. And by the way, they're not really paying him all that much. And they have done some some economic gymnastics by moving his cap hit around. And he's he's costing them a lot less this year against the cap, you know, pushing it back years and, and being flexible with that. Um, but the way the 49ers have handled the running back room, Evan, is incredibly interesting because they were of the mind we're not going to pay a running back much and that has proven to be at least right now the smart way to handle business in this league and then they had an opportunity to get perhaps the most dynamic player at the position in the league and they've kind of changed their course um because why wouldn't you when you have a chance to get Christian McCaffrey so i am fascinated to see how that position continues to develop for the 49ers and if after Christian McCaffrey says goodbye or hangs it up or whatever his time with the 49ers come to comes to an end where do they go then because they've they've kind of gone back and forth on their i don't know ideal setup for this position over the last few years yeah, it, it is interesting because as much as I believe Christian McCaffrey to be the focal force behind the, I guess, resurgence of the 49ers offense last year, you can just go look at the numbers. They speak for themselves. I don't necessarily think, Mark, that by the time his contract is up, that he will be still the exception that everyone has labeled him currently. I think the reason that he is currently the outlier among all of the running backs, except for maybe... I would put Derrick Henry in the same category. Yeah. Um, running backs that are on teams with either cheap quarterbacks or not good quarterbacks. Like that is a running back haven. That means you're going to get the ball. You're going to get your numbers. But the question is, can you maximize the money? And it's interesting because Kyle Shanahan comes from, of course, a lineage 
of a head coaching family, Mike Shanahan, who was kind of at the forefront of this in the late 90s and early 2000s when he had to, for you know, essential physical reasons, injury reasons, move off of Terrell Davis. And he ended up putting together and piling up 1,000-yard rusher after 1,000-yard rusher. You know, Mike Anderson, Tatum Bell, uh, Clinton Portis is a bigger name, but not guys that are household by any means. And, of course, you look at the Super Bowl winners of recent years. The only one that comes to my mind, Mark, a running back that helped drive home a Super Bowl winning team on a second contract that I can remember is Marshawn Lynch. And now, of course, we look back at the Legion of Boom, their historic defense. Russell Wilson's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. So, in fact, Marshawn Lynch was the driving force of that team, but there was a lot of help around him. I think that's where Christian McCaffrey fits into this this narrow needle of running backs that can be paid lots of money, but also are still seen as very productive. And I do not know if that's going to hold up because, again, Christian McCaffrey is the same age as Dalvin Cook. He is a little bit older than the likes of Josh Jacobs, of Saquon Barkley, guys who are now accusing the NFL and their teams of trying to you know, suppress their value. When Le'Veon Bell held out in 2015-16 for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was his second franchise tag. That franchise tag was $14.5 million. Right now, the running backs are trying to get a franchise tag that is $10 million. It has gone down in the last five or six years back to where it was and more. The only position that has not gained any sort of financial traction around the NFL is running back. And the fact that Christian McCaffrey makes over $10 million and will continue to do so I think along with what you're talking about with the 49ers utilizing many different running backs to still be successful. Again, they've made the final four, three of the last four years with four different leading rushers. I do not think that if this, you know, kind of wave continues, this, um, you know, running back monetary suppression continues, which I don't think it's going anywhere because of the way passing is so important in the NFL. I do not think Christian McCaffrey is going to continue to be the outlier he is just because the past as well as the present would tell us that his future is going to be different. Yeah, I mean, at least monetarily. I'm not sure about his body and how it holds up, but he's not getting another big contract. I don't think so, at least not as big as past past running back contracts have been. But, but I mean, the, the issue with someone like Dalvin Cook is not that he isn't productive. It's that he's making too much money. Yes. In a couple of years, the 49ers might have to pay big dollars to a quarterback. They're going to have to continue to pay big money to Bosa. They're going to have to pay Brandon Ayuk. They're going to have to pay all these people. That means that someone like Christian McCaffrey, who's making over $10 million, might be on the chopping block. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you brought up Le'Veon Bell. You just brought up Dalvin Cook. Let me run through some of the, the gigantic contracts for running backs recently. Five of the last six um times a team has given a big contract to a running back they moved on before the contract was up Ezekiel Elliott given 90 million dollars he was cut before the deal was over Dalvin Cook 63 million dollars cut before the deal was over Todd Gurley remember him 58 million dollar deal cut before the deal was over Le'Veon Bell as you mentioned 53 million dollars cut before the deal was over Christian McCaffrey is the other $64 million. He was traded 
before the deal was over. And then the sixth, where his team hasn't yet moved on, Alvin Kamara. Uh, and his team, the, the Saints, could move on from him soon, maybe potentially for legal reasons, but also because he's got a gigantic cap hit coming up, $19 million in 2024, $29 million in 2025. My guess is he's not living out the rest of his contract with the New Orleans Saints. And what the problem is with paying running backs big money, more on, on top of just how it kind of handicaps the rest of how the rest of how you can fill out a roster. When you pay a, a good running back a lot of money, you could argue, okay, they deserve it. They're great players. Saquon Barkley is one of the most exciting players in this league. He deserves to make a lot of money on par with elite receivers. But what happens when you give Saquon Barkley a ton of money? One, you handicap your team. But two, your team feels compelled to use him and use him a ton. When in reality, you should be limiting the touches your running back gets because you don't want him to get worn out. You don't want him injured. You want him available and fresh and ready for late in the season and for the postseason. If you pay a running back a ton of money, you want to get your money's worth and you want to give him 20 touches a game, at least maybe even more, so you can say, hey, look, he's worth the money he's putting up all these numbers when in reality time and time again what has proven to be the best course of action with your backfield with your running backs space it out don't overuse him make sure he's ready for late in the season in the playoffs so giving someone a big contract I think it almost kind of works against you because you feel compelled to almost overuse guys. It's what happened to Zeke Elliott. Yeah, he had a, a couple of fantastic seasons, but at the end of his contract, he's not even there yet. He's still unsigned because he's fallen off a cliff so drastically. You give a guy a gigantic contract like that, and you are cutting into his productive years at the end of said contract. I don't even know if it's that to me. It's the fact that in each of these situations, again, like for the, the Giants just paid Daniel Jones $40 million. Yes. So you you can't then give a big contract to a running back that you're not expecting to remain at an all pro level. And that's why I do not think that Christian McCaffrey is necessarily someone that can buck this trend because, well, I should say this. If the 49ers find their quarterback, I don't know how long Christian McCaffrey has in San Francisco. The reason being, I don't know how many more years of all pro level production he has left in his legs. Now, I think that if there's a place it can be done, it's with a head coach like Kyle Shanahan. It's in an offense like that. And it's with Christian McCaffrey being able to put together productive seasons. Like his last one, I think was his most productive season since the, the first team all pro year when he was 23 years old in Carolina. That was also with a rotating cast of characters at quarterback. He has not, played with a franchise quarterback. And that's why I believe if the, if the 49ers find one, well, then that marks kind of the ticking uh, time bomb of Christian McCaffrey's time in San Francisco, because that's what we've seen with every single other situation that the running backs have. Now, one of the big reasons you can't pay Austin Eckler a lot of money is yes, he's 28 years old, but Oh, you're gonna have to pay Justin Herbert a boatload of cash yep. this upcoming offseason. Daniel Jones has just got paid. That chips into Saquon Barkley. Josh Jacobs is maybe the lone position where I don't necessarily see why they don't want to give him the big money, except, of course, the second contract doesn't usually pay off. But if you're the Raiders, 
Are you even incentivized to win this season when you got a quarterback like Caleb Williams sitting at the top of the draft to tank? Then you can get your franchise quarterback and not have to worry about finding a running back. So there are so many examples, Mark, I think, of running backs right now that get stuck in this, this gray space, and it's unfair and it's unkind. But the reality is, if the quarterback is good, is payable, you are going to pay that position and everything around the quarterback to protect that position and not the guy who's in the backfield with him. And right now, if the 49ers find that, Christian McCaffrey, I'm sorry, man. That's just the business. Well, yeah, and his contract right now, he's under contract this year and then the following two years. But next year, his cap hit jumps to over $14 million, do you think he? Do you think he sees the end of that contract in San Francisco? I think he does. I really think he he does, but his next next contract, I mean, he would sign his following contract to begin his year 30 season. Uh, if it's in San Francisco, it's for nothing near that he's getting now. Nothing close, not at all close to the money that he signed with the Carolina Panthers when he signed that extension, that four-year extension just a, a couple of years ago. Um, I think the 49ers acquired him with the plan to see him out through this contract because that contract somewhat aligns, I think, with what they feel their Super Bowl window is with this group. Um, but there's absolutely no guarantee that he'll be back after that. And if he is, it's probably because he reads the writing on the wall and and, and who knows what, you know, how this situation further evolves in a couple of years from now. Um, but if he agrees to come back after this contract expires, Evan, uh, it will be for pennies on the dollar compared to this current contract. Well, I agree with that, but I disagree with the first point. If you think that Christian McCaffrey is going to be here through his last two years, I guess I can understand why. I do not see it based on the market for running backs. Right so what, now. you think he's getting cut? I don't think he finishes his last two seasons in San Francisco. His last two? Year. So this is his last year with the 49ers is what you're saying. He's got two more years. He has this year and and two more years on this contract. Yeah, I don't think he sees the third year. Oh, the third year. Okay, so two more years with San Francisco. Yeah, like the after this season, he's got two more years left. I don't think he'll be a 49er before then. All right. Well, well, we'll write that one down. We'll come back to we it. Can, we'll we can come back to it. We can come back to it. <laughs> but that'll wrap it up for this edition of the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Our next episode is going to be our training camp preview that will come out on Tuesday. So keep an ear to the streets for that. That'll do it for us. Please download the Odyssey app. Check us out on 95.7 The Game's YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there. That's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. We'll talk to you next time.